For those of you that, that have your Bibles with you, go ahead and turn to Acts chapter 8. While you're turning there, I want to go ahead and, and recap a couple things from the last few weeks. Two points that I want to bring up from last week's message. We're in a series called Gather and Scatter, and it's our sending series. It's a series where we're actually using this to be able to send us out on the mission that God has for us. Whatever that ends up being for each of us, it's going to be different. But I wanted to bring up something that I have had this conversation with numerous pastors, even pastors that have looked at what's happening here and actually kind of started to look at their own life and their own ministry and the things that's happening with them. And one of the things that I've had conversations about is the role of the church as we know it, as an organization in America. And it's been very clear to me that God's intent, even in Scripture, was never for organizations. God actually never wanted churches. He just wanted the people. Now, He'll use the things that we give to Him, that we sacrifice to Him, that we allow Him to, to have, but he never really wants the organizations. He wants the people. And all that to say that God will use whatever to get whomever. A lot of times the temptation, especially in the pastor world, is to find a way to, to we kind of tie our, our role as pastor into this organization of a church, and we believe that by trying to uphold this organization, we're upholding the work of Christ, and oftentimes we see pastors failing miserably because we get tempted into falling for defending the organization as a movement when the movement is always the Holy Spirit and all He wants is the people. He doesn't want big buildings. He doesn't want small buildings. He doesn't want uh, international ministries. What He wants is the work of the Holy Spirit in every one of His creation's life. That's his goal. And as we talked last week, we talked about this gather process. Remember, we're doing three parts here. Gather was last week, scatter is this week, and next week is testimony. In fact, testimony itself, and I'll just give you a little hint of what next week's Easter message is going to look like, testimony is at the center of gather and scatter. The purpose that we gather for is because of the testimony of Jesus' work in our life. Most of us wouldn't hang out with the people around us in this room just because, no offense to anybody here at all, but it's Jesus that drew us together. And so when we think of gather, there's this center of the testimony, and then scatter. The only thing that makes scatter have any purpose, that gathering could ever happen again, is the testimony of Jesus. You look at the end of the Bible, and the one thing that gave victory to Christians over evil over the attacks against them was the work of Jesus and the testimony of the work of Jesus in their life. They overcame the enemy by the word of their testimony and the blood of the Lamb. The work of Jesus and the message of the personal work of Jesus in their life. There's no other victory message or testimony that we need to worry about. There's too much. Oh, I watched some videos this yesterday that just made me want to throw my phone, but the person that was preaching, I couldn't hit them because they were too far away to hit with my phone. But there was this message that, that, that if you're not filled enough with the Holy Spirit, you're, it's going to show up by the fact that you still sin. It's going to show up by the fact that you still struggle with different things. And I agree in part, but the problem I have with that is that we still have this flesh. 
We're guaranteed to have those struggles. Jesus himself said, in this world, you will have struggles. Not money, not fame, not peace, not anything else. He says, I will put my peace into you, but in the world, you won't find peace. In the world, you're going to have struggles, so part of you has to reside in this world until his work is finished, until his kingdom has been fulfilled however he wants. So we have to realize that gathering, which we talked about last week, gathering can never be about us. But 101% of us do it. We always do. We like things the way we like things. We like it always the same because then we don't have to worry about taking control of the situation like we had to do years ago to make it the same how we want it. Gathering can never be about me. We gather because of the work of Jesus, the testimony of Jesus. So when we talk about gather, the thing that exposes when gathering was about us is when God comes to say it's time to scatter We don't want to listen. Because if the gather was always about Jesus, the scatter, which is always about Jesus, won't be an issue. God always intended for gathering to produce scattering. His goal was not to create gathering on this earth to just simply end everything. He said, my kingdom is coming and it's here. It's advancing. It's moving forward. He says that I will return. And that's when the gather-scatter process ends because it's a new heaven, a new earth, new bodies, new processes. But until then, the seasonal work that God does of gathering and scattering and gathering and scattering will never stop. This will not be the first time that God decides to send you somewhere else. For most of us in Alaska, it's one of many times that God has sent us different places. The first time was actually getting us to be crazy enough to move from where prime shipping actually works to somewhere where you wonder where your packages are for weeks. That first scatter that he sent us here. So as we talk about scatter in this week's message, I want to go back. Stay in Acts chapter 8. I'm going to show you a verse. This is the verse that God began to work inside of my wife and I earlier this year. And I want to remind us, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. Forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. We'll get into a couple things related to that. The next verse is this, see, I'm doing a new thing. Now, here's the thing. Some of us are okay with forget the past, because you know what we do? We just turn around and ignore everything about it, including God's faithfulness, including the ways we need to worship Him and thank Him. Never do that. Just like we talked about last week, the role of forgetting the past and not dwelling on it is that we stop worshiping that and stop trying to recreate that, that God is saying, I make all things new, that his whole focus is new, his whole focus is new life, new works. We can never figure him out. If we could, we'd find a way to formulate it, formalize it, and then start repeating it as a stamp. Many religions, many churches, many organizations have tried that. Finally, he says, now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm doing the impossible. Not only doing the impossible, I am making a way in the wilderness, streams and a wasteland. Those are things that nobody sees. Those are things that you pray for when you're dying of thirst and you're lost. And God says, that's where I work. I don't work within man's abilities. I work beyond man's extremities. 
So we need to put God in his place and we need to leave him there because he doesn't need us. He wants us. And he's calling us to walk alongside him. Acts chapter 8, the unthinkable happens for seven chapters. They have had the longest potluck ever. They're getting together, they're gathering People are getting saved. Families are growing together. Amazing works and miracles are happening. Acts chapter 8 comes along, and you're thinking, you know what? Stephen got, got murdered by these religious crazy people. You see Saul's name mentioned for the first time, and you're thinking, okay, they're going to go back, and they're just going to pray at a potluck, and, and everything's going to be okay. Chapter 8 starts and says this, and Saul approved of their killing. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. And all except the apostles were, and you can underline this, scattered. Remember in chapter 1 and 2, the word gather was there. Gather, gather, gather. For seven chapters, they've been building up what you, what you would call kind of a, a critical mass. This, this big movement as God fills and fills and fills and trains and grows. And they scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Verse 2, godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. But Saul began to destroy the church going from house to house. He dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. By the way, prison back then was not go and get your degree and watch TV. Those who had been scattered, again, the word scattered, preached the word wherever they went. preached the word wherever they went. We're going to stop right there for just a second. See, the temptation could have been, as they scattered, they could have played the victim. We're being persecuted. That's not what they did. There's a temptation in our lives that when we have something that opposes our own preferences, we call it persecution. When realistically, it may just be that we were dumb. It may just be that we had a series of religious expectations and they weren't met. So here's what I want to remind us about. Is that when we think about scattering, we can never make scatter about us. In the past week, I want to tell you, three people have said to me, maybe about the week and a half, three people have said to me, you have no idea what this does to me, Joe, the fact that you're leaving. Now, I didn't say what I really wanted to say. I'll, I guess I'll say it in the recording for today. But realistically, I don't think anybody here realizes what this does to me is easily what I could have said. But you know what that does? That makes it about me, the scatter. Any push or fight or, or attitude or victimhood that I want to play makes scattering about me. See, we have to realize that nothing can happen to us as Christians unless God has allowed it. God has allowed, not only allowed, but I believe ordained this. When five years ago he gave me the vision of reach, grow, send, I didn't realize that that was the message for the entirety of the work of rise. Reach, grow, send. So we can't make it about us. The reason is, is that, that their response in verse 4 exposed that they realized this was the mission. 
They were sent out. So what did they do when they were sent out? Whine and complain? No. They preached the word wherever they went. That word word there is not a series of actual words. It means the message. And the message of the New Testament is the gospel. The message of the New Testament is the work of Jesus. And so one of the things that we have to realize is that God allows scattering sometimes to prevent or push us outside of where we're comfortable. Prevent us from getting too comfortable or push us outside of where we are comfortable. And you can look at the the next point this way, that sometimes God makes scattering happen because we choose to remain gathered and ignore the mission. How many of us have been in a church community ourselves where all of a sudden you realize that there really wasn't a work of the gospel happening, but you loved hanging out with everybody? I've been there before. We called it ministry, but not one person came to Jesus in years. I remember years ago meeting with a pastor, and he talked about all the great things going on in the church, and I just innocently asked the question. I said, man, in my brain I'm thinking, great things going on. That means there's discipleship and evangelism of people coming to Christ, coming back to Christ, and going further with Christ. I said, man, how many, how many, how many times do people respond to, to your altar calls? And he just matter-of-factly said, oh, usually I don't really do those. It's every couple of years I do an altar call. And I said, okay, well, maybe he doesn't define it the same way. That's fine. So I said, well, how many people have come to Christ in the ministry there? How many have you heard about? Oh, I don't really know. We really enjoy hanging out together, though. Now, I'm not using this person's name, and I'm not saying it to minimize any individual in, in, in any way at all, because that person is each of us. How many of each of us have been part of the scatter, the mission that we're on as Christians? How many of us have personally spoken to somebody about the gospel and had some sort of response, even if it was a disagreement, which is fine, by the way, in the past week? See, many pastors will preach, and I love this this three-part message of being able to give back to God what he's given to us. But we have three things that we preach on, and the fourth is the one that we're actually the most stingy with. So God tells us to give of our time to him, to treat every day as if it was one gifted by him, which it is. Tells us to give of our talents, that we are gifted with things that are to benefit God and to benefit others prior to ourselves. That to give of our treasures, the ways that God blesses us, we can be used to bless others in different ways. And, and many people will preach that and preach that and preach that and preach that. But there's a fourth one that's missing. And to give of our time, our talents, our treasures, and our testimony. The most valuable part. That I can be poor as dirt. Be as useless as, as, as anybody out there. I have no talents or gifts at all. And then I could think I only have a few moments left to live. My testimony is still the most valuable thing that I could be sharing. In fact, it's the one that most evidently isn't by my own works. The time, I could be very efficient. The talents, I could practice and work out. The treasures, I could work real hard and make lots of money. But the testimony is a work of how pathetic I am and how great God is. It's a gift anyways. God uses scatter to shake, to help us to realize what the main thing is, to help us to realize that each of us are given something to glorify Him. 
Turn to Acts chapter 11. Because as the scattering continued, Acts chapter 11, we're going to start in verse 19. As the scattering continued, you see this testimony of the work of the gospel. You, you see it, think of it like this. You've got thousands and thousands and thousands of people in Jerusalem. God drops persecution, a scattering activity, like a rock into the center. And all the waves start bringing these people out into all kinds of places. Historically, prophecies from thousands of years before were fulfilled by the people that were scattered. That God promised that the message of the Messiah would go to these people back in the Old Testament. And you see the exact town names showing up in chapter 8, 9, 10, and 11. Yeah, it's purely coincidence, right? Or God fulfills His promises. We can pick which one. Acts chapter 11, verse 19 continues with, again, the word scattered. You can underline it. Now those, verse 19 of chapter 11, now those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, spreading the word. Now here's, here's where the, the sad music starts. Only among Jews. Verse 20, though. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks, meaning people that weren't churchy, and telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. Verse 21, the Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. See, the scattering is still having fruit. There's still things going on from what was happening. The temptation, though, is that when God scatters us, we try and remake what we had previously. We try and hold on to tightly what God has said, let go of. We try and, 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 and put into our mind that the right way for things to happen is how it always has happened. And if it's not how it always has been, then something must be wrong. Depending upon personality, some of us are better or worse at those kinds of things. We think about scatter, though. One of the things that's so important is that when we scatter, here's, here's a don't for us. Don't force the gather, that natural process that happens. Don't force the gather by seeking to remake the past. God is the one, his testimony, God is the one who made anything here happen of any value, of any eternal memory that we would have, any change in our life is the work of God, not Rise, not Joe, not anything else. And if we try and formulize and create a series of processes and, and, and pieces and things and just squeeze it together and say, well, this is how God has always done it, so I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to do my devotion at 10.45 every Sunday, and I'm going to go to 12.15 because that's when I would go to Rise Chapel, and it was amazing to see what God did. I'm going to only meet with a certain number of people. I had the, the cutest little statement from one of the kids, which it's fun, it's funny, but at the core of it all, it, it shows the root of many of our issues. I hope we all end up going to the same church. That would be amazing. But the temptation is, is that we do what we hate we see the little cliques of people hanging out. And we're not allowed in because, oh, well, you didn't go to Rise with us, so you can't go to this. To be honest, I think it would be incredible that every one of you go to a different body in this valley. You know why? 
because each of you has inside of you years of training and lessons and God working through the work of Rise Chapel that that DNA now can begin to spread. Now, many of us hate the fact that I just said that. In fact, you just didn't even write that note down. It's proof you need to write the note down. The temptation is very often to try and force the gather. Here is what healthy scattering looks like. New life alongside the old. New life alongside the old. There's going to be relationships here that go on beyond the time of rise, and that's that's amazing to me. But there's going to be new relationships that if you or I do not allow God to work, we will miss out on. If we choose not to open a gift, we don't get to experience the gift. And many of us will have gifts from years gone by sitting around going, well, that doesn't look like the last present I got, so I'm not opening it. I might not like it, so I'm just not even going to touch it. There's nothing wrong with it. The scatter itself, in fact, here's the challenge for us. The scattering itself actually forces us, and you'll see this point here, to put into practice what we learned in the gather. Why do I say it that way? Well, if we've been in a gather phase and there's been people growing and and so on, and, and even to the point of literally physiologically lots of babies being made, there's a scattering that has to happen. There's a movement that has to happen in our lives. Let me say it a little differently, and this quote's all over the place. My pastor and my past had used this a lot. Let me put it this way. If you want a foundation from what you've learned in the past few years, for that faith to be something that's useful and used by God, here's a simple statement to remember. Faith that is not tested cannot be trusted. If the things that God has shown you over the years at Rise do not have the opportunity in a, in a scatter phase to be put to the test, to be a foundation you stand on, then this was all a waste of time. I think we should honor God by letting the faith work what he put it into us for. We should honor God by saying, I don't think that this is comfortable, but in order for that, that final piece of blown glass to stay strong and to hold its shape forever it has to go through a final fire and be cooked that the shape and the form that it was created by the master gets permanently locked in by that last little bit of heat a true healthy scatter puts into practice what we learn in the gather And really the reality of it is, just in our life in general, when we think of scattering and gathering just as a process, to not scatter hoards what God has said, go and give. To not scatter holds onto and amasses, I love the definition of hoard, it's amassing and it has a list of things, wealth, things, all these different things that are listed off of amassing, of holding onto. And the whole thing about hoarding is it's only one person that does it and benefits from it. And it happens a lot. There's a tremendous amount of of hoarding that happens in the world, and including with the spiritual health, too. Matthew 28 was the first message that Jesus gave and said, don't hoard this. I want you to scatter. He even told them, you're going to scatter. He says this, 
Then Jesus came up and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Now, how much authority was reserved for the disciples to make their own decisions on things? Zero. All authority. So when Jesus says all authority, that means our enemy has no authority. That means we have no authority. So the one who has all authority has a command next and says, therefore, therefore, since I'm in charge and I'm your protector and defender, go. He didn't say, hey, send out letters to all the nations and invite them to come to Jerusalem for your Sunday service. Send out letters into all the nations and tell them about the greatness of Jesus. Did they say that? No. He said, you go and make disciples of all nations. That means no exclusions. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. God said, go. Go. And it's so important for us to realize that their own will was what God was appealing to. They had to make the decision. Now, unfortunately, you see something at the very end of this verse that they forgot, but God continuously made so true, and it says this, I am with you always to the end of the age. He says, I'm telling you to go, and you're not, and you never have been, and you never will be alone. Ever. There's a constant temptation in our life to believe that we are. One of the worst fears plugging both uh, this generation and just in the past few years is on a massive increase is fear of being alone. In the midst of a huge crowd, we feel alone. But the message of God, our Creator, has said from the beginning that specifically, I am with you always. Through these things, I'm with you. Through these things, I'm with you. I'm with you always. There's a repeat message that God is always with us. So here's what I want to close with, this this picture for us to think about. This picture for us to think about is this. Remember, Christianity, the, the, the Christian life is talked about as a body. All right, so godly bodies breathe. God says it has life. There's this in and out process. We gather air and we scatter air. Our own bodies do the things that God has designed and everything else. And we need to both inhale and exhale. Now, why do I say that? Well, if the godly body breathes and there's an inhale and there's an exhale that's going on, if we choose to only inhale... Now, kids, try this with me. Are you ready? Try just breathing in. Breathe in real deep. Go, hold it. Hold it. Now, breathe in again. Breathe in again. Don't breathe out. Only breathe in. Keep breathing in. Keep breathing. You you can't do it anymore, can you? No, you stop. If our entire life is spent as an inhale only, not only do we look strange, which we've walked into businesses, and families, and churches, and other places where it's only inhale. It's a constantly, let's just hang out here, hang out in the four walls, but they're just weird. It's unhealthy. Inhale wants everything the same. There's a constant gathering and gathering and gathering, which is why we have so much consumerism in the church of Christ today, that we want just more for us and more for us and more for us, and so we just continue... (sighs) 
and we hold our breath, and then we start spazzing out because we're running out of oxygen because we won't exhale and allow the exhale process to give us the ability to inhale again. And the body of Christ starts spazzing and flipping out and hating each other because, well, you must be the reason I can't breathe. And so we're smacking this person. And we go to another place and we smack them and we're flipping out. Next thing we know, we pass out. And we become useless and the church fails. And the name of Jesus is dragged in the mud. Inhale only is unhealthy. Exhale only, and I won't make the kids do this because that could be devastating. But exhale only. If that's you and you are an exhale only, here's, a, here's an indicator of exhale only. You're a runner. As soon as things change and you don't like what's happening, you run. You disconnect from people. I mean, the, the second that there's a message that something's going to change, you find a way to cut every single tie. You're cutting every little thread that might be connected. Boom, and you're gone. And there's this pattern, and this pattern, and this pattern, and this pattern. You may seek, I, if I'm an exhale-only person, I may really want that gather, but all it takes is the slightest little hiccup, and I am gone, and they are dead to me, and I'm out of here. Some of us are exhale-only people. Always scattering, never taking time to take in a fresh breath of air. Never taking time to let God just, to just sit there and to rest in what God has said to trust him in what he wants to do. My challenge for all of us is, let God's body breathe in this season. He's wanting you to exhale. And the only reason that our body is designed to let the air out, please sit up in your seat, to let the air out is so we can take more in. It's not to just leave it out. It's not just to go, and then just stay there. The very intent and goal of scattering is because God has a new, a fresh gathering to build on top. We can choose to live life on a flat foundation. No stairs, no nothing. No effort involved in life. No real struggles outside of the fact that we're trying to be less and less effective at living. Or we can have a life that is a stairway, literally, of foundations building on each other higher and higher into life. It's our own decision. A gather, a scatter. A gather, a scatter. A gather, a scatter. It's a virtuous process, a godly process. Many of us today may actually have a problem in our life that we've never had victory over. And every time God brings one of us to this moment where it is hard and things change, the first thing we do is we start running. And we don't want to listen. We don't want to obey. We want to make sure that we never get hurt again because I am sick of getting hurt. Well, you know what? If we followed that logic, we would never eat again because I've eaten bad food before. We would never drink again because we've had a nasty drink before. And if you have teenage boys, you probably never breathe again because you smell something nasty before. We would never use that logic anywhere else, but we would use it in places that matter in, in everything. God said, in this world, I guarantee you it's going to be hard, but I'm with you. In this world, I guarantee you, you're going to have struggles and sadness, but guess what? I'm going to wipe all that away very soon. And in this world, I'm sending you and I'm not sending you just for the fun of it to watch you wander. I'm sending you with a mission 
and a purpose. I want to share with you that there is a scenario that if I don't obey God's scatter, I won't be able to do what God has ordained for me to do. I will tell you that there are times and places that God has placed me that lives came to Jesus because of my obedience there. Not because of me, but because of my obedience there. And I'm telling you, in several weeks, when you all go to a new body that you have decided to go be part of or just check out, God has someone there to hear something that you have to say. Maybe next Sunday or two Sundays from now, you decide to go out to breakfast as you take a weekend off, which is what I encourage that last weekend in April. Don't go anywhere, but pray. And you go to that restaurant. If you obey in the scattering and you go to a restaurant for breakfast with your family, there's a waitress that needs to hear about Jesus. There's a table next to you that needs to see you pray and go, hey, you know, we used to do that. It kind of made me think about it again. I actually had someone say that to us one time. We need to get back to making our family focus on God instead of each other. You don't know what God has. You didn't know that this is what God has for you. But it's been amazing what he's did, amen? And there's days and days and weeks and weeks coming that I'll ask the question this, of gather and scatter, we'll call it inhale and exhale for the sake of this. Will you obey your Father and trust him in this time? If your struggle is inhale only, pray right now that God, I would, I would just let it go. I'm not preaching this because I'm like, well, this is so easy. I don't know why they're not getting it. I'm preaching this from the center of my gut. If I had emotions that didn't feel terrible, I would probably be able to share more of them with you. Sometimes we just want to hold so tightly to how things have always been because we know it and we love it. And there are some awesome things that God has done. But in order for him to keep working, we have to always obey. We never arrive. So will you trust him in this time? If your struggle maybe is exhale only, maybe is God's tempting you to run. Is God's tempting you, maybe even today, to not even come to the service. Maybe you even have a friend that you should see here today that has chosen, no, I'm not doing that. I don't do goodbyes. I just say, see you later, and so I'm just not going to go and act like, you know, it, it, it's just paused for a while or whatever. That's delusional, and that will ruin your walk with Christ. Will you obey? Because here's the promises, the last two points for this morning. If we obey God, the gathering is always sweeter when we obey him in the scatter. The gathering is always sweeter when we obey him in the scatter. Let me give you an example. There was one time that I went on a long canoe trip. How many of you guys have heard of the Suwannee River? North Florida, one of the Suwannee River. There was a, went on a long canoe trip. There was a, a part of the trip where we woke up and it was pouring down rain and it was flooding. And my dad looked at, at me and my brothers and we were with a Boy Scout troop and he's like, we're doing this. We're taking the river. I mean, it's, there's lightning everywhere. There's, to this day, he's like, I'm really sorry I did that. I don't know what came over me, but we loved it. We went canoeing down this river. I mean, we're, we're, there, we hear thunder, and we're kind of holding up our aluminum paddles out of the water, and we're looking at our aluminum boats going, no, nope, doesn't matter. <laughs> we're cruising down this river, and we get to the end. We paddled the entire three-day trip in one day. We got to the end, and people are there to pick us up, and they're like, 
man, this is a beautiful ending, isn't it? We're like, this ending is so much better because of what we went through to get here. We went over two sets of waterfalls in our canoes. One of the, can- <laughs> one of the canoes when we went over, one of the tops of the buckets popped off and flew in the air. Then we searched the banks forever until we came along and it was caught up in a, in a tree that was in the water and none of our stuff got lost. None of us drowned and died, obviously, because I'm here. That ending, that gathering with our people was much sweeter for us because we went through that scatter process. We went through some of the waterfalls, some of the hard things. We were like, okay, God, this is the wrong decision. Please forgive me. When lightning hit the water about 100 yards in front of us, we're like, okay, please, God. It was amazing. And when we got to the, the, the point where God had us gather again with the team that was there, They've been hanging out bored in their car all day. They did eat at a great barbecue restaurant, which I was jealous of. Then we went to the same one afterward and got ice cream, so ours was better. We enjoyed getting in those vehicles more than they did. The scattering and our obedience as we walk through what God has for us gives us a chance to understand the value and the purpose of gather. Many of you were in like eternal scatter mode before you came to rise. And you hit the ground here, and you're going, man, this is great. I love what God is doing here. And then that jerk, Pastor Joe, comes in and says, it's time to scatter again. And you're like, how dare you? You don't know what this is doing to me. And everybody's phones just went off on that one. (laughs) But remember what brought you to the gather. It was a scatter. Gathering didn't happen because we were gathering. Gathering happened because God chose to scatter and join us together. That phone really agrees with me. Getting a whole bunch of digital amens there. And so that gives me this last point for scatter. We have to realize that scattering is what gifted us with the gather. Scattering is what gifted us with the gather. The only reason that these Greeks were able to know about Jesus, the Jews weren't doing it. They were still segregated out. The only reason that these people knew about Jesus was because of the scatter. The only reason that there were these new churches and these great fellowships that were written to later on in the New Testament, the only reason they could exist, that the gatherings could happen, was because a scatter happened. That the sweetness of a gather only comes when God has done a scatter. So my encouragement for you is that if you allow God to work in this time and trust Him, and trust Him with everything you have, that He will guide you. That in this scatter, He's got something He's doing. I guarantee you that the gather will be sweet. Don't feel rushed. God's not rushed. Don't feel surprised. God's not surprised. Trust Him. Trust Him what He wants to do. So here's what I want to do as we close. By the way, the service did start late. For some of you, this is the first time. We actually have five worship songs. Those of you that didn't know, we have five worship songs we usually do. But we started late, so all of you got to enjoy it, which is kind of neat. Somehow I was able to do warp speed teaching and I'm still on time. We go out with a bang, right? Well, could you do this for the past five years? 
<laughs> Let me turn the page. Guys, I got a whole book I could go through. If y'all just want to sit down, we could just go for it. No, here's what I want to close with. I want to pray specifically. And I don't know where you fit. Some of us may say, you know what, I've got complete peace and I'm ready for God to do what he's going to do. And that's awesome. But there will come a time when you're less ready in the next few weeks. So I want to pray for that. Some of you are in the gather phase where you're like, oh, this, this is cool. Pastor Joe's not going to be here, but we're going to make everything rise still happen. Well, you're going to get busted for trespassing in May. So we need to pray about inhale-only problems. Maybe it's exhale. Maybe you're the fatalist here in the group, and you're like, of course. Typical. Well, I know where I'm not next week. I'm not at the goodbye ceremony where everybody's going to see my emotions like I'm human or something. That's ridiculous. I want to pray for you, too. And then there's some of you who haven't been here at all for a while, and you're like, I'm still wondering what you're doing, Joe. That also will be answered on Wednesday. This is kind of spur of the moment for you guys. I want to challenge you on Wednesday to come out. We have an open forum. Just me and my wife. We're going to have two comfy chairs up here. And we're going to have child care, all ages, to have an open forum to come here and ask any questions you want to. We have nothing to hide. We're not getting a divorce in a few weeks because I'm a jerk. Not only because I'm just a jerk or a bigger jerk or whatever, because I am a jerk. Thank you for not saying amen, Josh. Thank you for not saying amen, you know. <laughs> I could hear your thoughts for a second, though. But seriously, and if you see people who aren't here, invite them out for the open forum for us to sit down and discuss. Because what I want to do is I also want to have something that's a little more open to be able to talk through things. I've got, guys, I have testimony after testimony after testimony. I met with about 15, 20 pastors last week. And I had three of them say to me, like, man, Joe, I think God's going to start something else with you. And it's not what you think it is. And I said, well, I don't think of anything right now. And I said, so it's not easy to miss my expectations. So don't miss that open forum. Uh, plan for that Wednesday at 7. I'll, I'll talk more about it after prayer. So let's bow our heads and put our notes and Bibles away. Here's what I want to pray about, and I'm going to ask each of you to stand. Not right now, but in just a second, I want you to stand when I call out what you want prayer for this morning. Here's the first thing. Your struggle that you want to pray about is gather. You don't like it when things change. You don't like thinking about how you're going to have to try and keep from remaking the past. Go ahead and stand this morning. I'd love to pray with you. Amen. All right, so here's the second one. The second one is this, the scatter. You're the runner. As soon as you don't like what's happening, as soon as you don't like what you see, as soon as things kind of start to feel bad or, or, or not right or the slightest bit of emotion might be required, you're just like this guy here. You are squealing and you are ready to run. Go ahead and stand this morning. I'd love to pray with you. Amen. Now, here's the beautiful part. 
That means that everybody else that's sitting right now has complete faith and trust. They're ready for the next thing that God's going to do. Or you're just liars. So let's, let's go for the positive part here. <laughs> let's go for the positive here, actually. I want to stand beside you and pray with you in this time that God has given you peace where it doesn't make sense so that you can have the strength to go on. So let's everybody stand up together. Because no matter where you're at, I want to tell you, and, and, and I'm not saying that this is God's word. I pray that it's something that God is speaking, but I will tell you as an encouragement from Scripture and in my own life, every single one of you is sent on a mission. Whether you know it now or not, you are. If you have Jesus in your life, you are on a mission. So here's my prayer. Let me just pray over all of us this morning. God, I lift up every single person that's represented here. The, the ones that are perfectly fine with the gather and the scatter, they're just here to just ride along with you, God. And I pray that that faithfulness would continue for the rest of their life, God. They would never have a moment that it seems like you caught them off guard with change. God, I pray for those that are gatherers, that love the, the constant togetherness and the control and, and the lack of change and, and everything's going to stay the same and, and the next Bible study they do is going to be called the Rise Bible Study and the next thing they do is going to be modeled after this and this and this. Rather than just letting you do something new, God, I pray for that person this morning that they would just open their hands, palms down, and let go and say, God, I want what you have. And God, I pray for the runners the constant scatterers, the ones that now that, of course, the problems come again, of course, the change comes again, I should have never connected in the first place. God, I pray that those, those thoughts and those ideas would just go away. That you would get rid of that foolishness in their mind, Lord, and show them that you have always been faithful, that you always will be faithful, God. Please do your work as only you can. I lift up this whole group here, Lord, every person standing. And I ask in Jesus' name that your Holy Spirit would put inside of them right now a peace that goes beyond sanity, Lord. A peace that doesn't make sense, that, that things really are changing, God. And, and in just a couple weeks, we won't be able to do what we've always done. And God, that sometimes is frightening, it sometimes is, is hurtful or, or, or angry or whatever the feelings are that we have about it. Help us to look to you in that time, God. Help us to trust you with everything we've got, God. And that as you've sent us on the sky, that we're sent with a mission. We trust you, God. We lay everything in front of you and we ask for you to be the one who guides and you to be the one who gets the glory. In Jesus' name, everyone together, nice and loud. Amen. Amen. Amen.